Oh my God, where do we start with this one? Because I've been expecting this interview a very long time. I mean, this is a <laughs> this is a person that I was trying to get on since the first time I see him on Facebook, scrolling through my feed. This is an unbelievable person, as you're gonna find out in this interview. But first of all, let me introduce you to John. This is John Akocha. He's an uh, integral part of the Elevate team and the growth of over 1,700 multifamily real estate units in 2019. John is a master at assessing and analyzing property and market fundamentals for the new property acquisitions, as well as creating, maintaining, and updating financial models of existing and potential new investments. So go and check it out, their website at elevatecig.com. That's elevatecig.com. Man, it's going to be a good fun. So first of all, thank you, John, for being on the show. I really appreciate thank it. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you, man. Again, I love the voice, man. I hope, you know, people who are listening to this on a podcast, he's going to enjoy this man's <laughs> voice. He's very, you know, kind of musical, very, yeah, it's, it's, it sounds great, man. So listen, first of all, let's dive in into the topic, who is John and how John became the part of this ElevateCIG.com company and how did you, you know, became part of this, you know, uh, where it's 1,700 multifamily units under management. I mean, where your journey to real estate investment world started? Yeah, well, it all started when I was 17. Uh, one of my good friends, even until today, he gave me the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I read the book, uh, went to a couple of seminars, met my first millionaire, So, which was very, very important to me because when I met my first millionaire, I knew it was possible. I knew it was possible to achieve a high level of success. And after that, I uh, got a mentor. He taught me how to wholesale. So I started on the single family side. So I started wholesaling, wholesale a couple of properties, went to college. And that's actually how I paid for my sophomore year of college was actually wholesaling real estate. And um, so I did that for a little bit. I dabbled a little bit into financial, into financial advising. So I did that for a little bit. You know, I got my Series 7, Series 66 and my insurance license. And I was doing that for about a year Then I realized, you know, my heart was set on real estate. So I got back into real estate and got into the wholesale side again, started selling properties then started acquiring properties for uh, a big investor in the Plano area. And after that, um, moved, moved in with Elevate, you know, moved in with them, told them, told them about my skill set and helping people acquire properties. And they said, hey, let's, let's do something. Let's make something happen. Man, that, that's a quick story, right? You know, it's, it, sounds like a, it sounds like it's a quick story. I'm sure there's a lot of, you know, things that you came across, you know, when it comes to learning and educating, you know, and so, going and trialing and errors and all of that stuff, which is, you know, sounds boring for a lot of people because they just want to see success, right? But, you know, that's what it takes. And, you know, I'm sure you have a lot of great stories, you know, to tell for people. But I just want to, again, just go back and kind of, understand is it the rich that poor that because you know every time i'm oh, talking with somebody who's in real estate space it's like it's the book man it was the yeah. book i read the rich that poor that and it changed my life so was, was it was it was it that or was it you know somebody was like from your family involved into real estate and because again rich that poor that he talks about investing in the stock market and you know uh derivatives like you know different like uh you know investment vehicles he talks about real estate as well but how did you pick, why did you lean towards real estate more instead of, you know, other investment vehicles? Well, it's funny. It's funny you mentioned that. I actually, uh, so when I read Rich Dad Poor Dad, I did go to a real estate seminar. I actually uh, not also went to a real estate seminar. I also tried to open my own options account, but 
but I couldn't do it because I was 17. So um, <laughs> I, tr I was trying to I was trying to learn how to trade options, uh, but I couldn't trade options because I couldn't open up an account. So I went to a couple of real estate seminars and, you know, I was the youngest guy in the room, but, you know, everybody, so a lot of their people were very, very supportive. You know, they were telling me about what they were doing and, um, yeah, yeah, I found a mentor, um, found a mentor that way. Actually, so I was, um, I bought a, one of the three classes. There was, there was like a, like right after the seminar, of course, they had like a three-day kind of class thing that you buy. So I bought that. I was the first one back there, by the way. First one back then, I bought it with my own money. I was working at like McDonald's at the time and I bought it with my own money. And the um, first one back there, I bought it with my own money and um, went to the three-day class, you know, was taught a lot of different things and gave me an action plan. And in the action plan, what I was doing is I was looking for buyers. So I started buying, buy, started uh, searching for buyers in that area. And one of the buyers that I searched for, who was very, very intrigued, he was, he wanted, he was listening to my story. He's like, hey, you know, um, and I asked him, Hey, can I, can I meet you sometime? So I met with him and, you know, he taught me how to wholesale. And we, what we would do is I would find the, I'd find the house and he would find the buyer and we split it 50, 50. How, how, so first of all, you know, thank you, 17 year old John, cause you probably, you probably ended up some point in a, in a wall street. If you probably start selling the options and probably a lot of people will hate you by now. They will be like, oh, John yeah. is in the Wall Street. He, you, you took oh, my yeah. money. So, you, you know. But no, somebody's with, making money right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but it, it's awesome. And that, that's what happens. Like in those short moments of life, like life changes drastically. You know? Like you can register, like it's very like powerful moment where you cannot register like for, you know, options account. And it's like, oh, I should go with real estate then. What else is there, you know? So that's fun. So how did the wholesaling business work out for you? Yeah, so it worked out pretty well. I uh, got into it. It was, it was really, really easy when I got into it. You know, there wasn't that many wholesalers in there. You can literally just, you know, you just, you know, make some yellow letters. You, you send them out every, what, 20 or 25th person um, would be a, be a deal, you know. So it worked out pretty well. I didn't focus on it as much since I was in college. And it was, it was interesting because I, I remember being riding in the car with my parents and telling them, hey, you know, I don't want to go to college. And my mom, of course, she was like, I'm not going to have a kid who doesn't go to college. So you need to go to college. So <laughs> Always the mom. So I'm just looking. Yeah, just uh, like, you know, now that was it after that. I had to, I had to go to yeah. college. <laughs> Man. Yeah, that's, I mean, there's no other way to go. When your mom says, listen, like, I'm not going to have a son who, who didn't finish the college. You have to go to college. You have to do that, man. So. No so, so, so yeah, so, okay. So you got like, you, you, you went to college. We're not going to cover what did you learn in college, but uh, <laughs> you know, what happened in that time? Like, what did you do? Like, what did you do during that time when you're in college? Like, have you been, you know, um, like you wanted to invest in real estate and what did you do after? Like, what did you pursue like a career in that? Or like what happened, you know, in the period? Yeah. So in college, um, uh, there's quite a couple of things that happened. Um, I so interestingly enough, and in, in when I in like my sophomore year, I bought a course on uh, wholesaling apartment buildings, oh. and um, so I bought a course on that. And you know, I didn't really know what I was doing. And the guy, well, I mean, 
I'm not going to say, well, I mean, the guy that was like kind of teaching the course, I don't know. I think, I don't know if he was kind of new to teaching or you know something like that. It wasn't, it wasn't very detailed and it wasn't, you know, um, yeah, yeah, but yeah. It, I, I remember going online, I remember going on, you know, a website, like a section eight website that listed apartments that to rent. And I remember calling all the people on that, on that website and asking them, asking them if they wanted to sell their apartment <laughs> and I remember calling, so I, yeah, so I was cool calling just different apartment owners because I think some of them had the, the actual number of the actual owner on there. So I was cold mm-hmm. calling apartment complexes, and yeah, I just remember there was one guy and he was just like, yeah, like I'm, I'm willing to sell, like you no, know, and then I, and I had no idea what I was doing. I was, I remember asking him like, hey, like how do you? I remember asking like my mentor saying, hey, you know, uh, what do I ask this guy? It's okay, you ask this question, ask that question, and. Yeah, I mean, um, we, were, we were really, really close because we actually, we already had a buyer in place. Basically, we just needed a seller. Mm-hmm. And I learned, one of, the, one of the things I learned at that point is like, one, like always make sure you have like a contract in place as far mm-hmm. as like the seller and everything. Yeah. Um, I, we didn't have one in place. <laughs> shaking hands. Yeah, man. I mean, shaking uh, hands. Yeah, you know, you can't, you can't just say, oh, you, do you want to buy it? And they say, yeah. Or do you want to sell? And they say, yes. And you think that's like, that's it. You gotta, yeah. yeah, I got him. I got him. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta, actually, you've got to put it on paper. Yeah, yeah But yeah, yeah I mean, th- so the deal didn't go through, but I did learn a lot. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's, that was my, like, my start in multifamily. I didn't really, mm. so I, I did that, but didn't really do too much of it because I was still going to school. And yeah. I mean, I look back, you know, I wish I would have just dropped out. Because that's what I wanted to ask you, because that's what I'm to ask you. Were, were you. were you in a situation at, at some point where you were like, man, I'm calling these, you know, owners of these big, because what type of, what size of a multifamily deals are we talking about when you call for wholesaling? Uh, I mean, probably, probably at least 100 units, maybe so, 50. Okay, so, so let's say $5 million worth, you know, real estate projects there cash flowing you know hundreds of thousands a year they're sitting at home they probably paid off because they had them you know years and you know you're just freaking you know trying to figure out and you're going to university and they're telling you listen you're going to become an employee for somebody else and it's like you're going to earn 60 70k a year and you're thinking like man what 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 i'm doing here right uh i mean yeah i mean um i just remember my (laughs) i mean but there's there's a lot of students and they at the university i was attending they're saying hey like i you know Everybody wanted to drop out at one point, right? <laughs> so, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, the as far as like the entrepreneurial mindset, I never was really. I mean, I, I was good at school, but I was never much of a studier. You know, I didn't. I didn't really learn. It's funny. I actually didn't learn how to study until after college. <laughs> <laughs> man, so yeah. I don't know. I don't know, man. The college is just like, look, I, I didn't. I didn't finish the nine grades even. Like, I never finished the medical oh, school. Nice. Like, I, and I'm so proud of it. I'm like, every time you know, people ask me, "What did you finish the business degree? The business degree or something?" Because I, I have a business, and it's like, no, I never finished the high school. And I'm so proud. I'm like, look, I never finished because it's nothing in there. Like, you don't even have to. Like, people hear the story. So look, you know, uh, whatever the the Bill Gates, you know, the the Facebook guy, the Zuckerberg, he, you know, never finished the you know, the um, Apple, the Steve Jobs, he never finished, you know, college or whatever, you know. So again, it doesn't mean it has to be you, you know, who's listening right now. And maybe you're in the college and you're thinking like, oh my God, Martinez and John is just pitching like I should quit college. No, because first of all, your mom is going to beat you 
And uh, second of all, we're probably going to get a lot of emails from your mom as well saying, why did mm -hmm. you tell my son to leave the college? You shouldn't because it's not for everybody. But like John, like what I'm hearing right now, and uh, you discover that it wasn't the thing for you. And I think it, it becomes a problem, particularly like in this coronavirus time where uh, we're kind of transitioning, right? You know, talking mm -hmm. about the coronas, man, because it, it has to be done. You know, there's a lot of people studying from home. And they kind of say like, man, I can do this from home. I can study from that. And like, mm -hmm. it's perfect. Why I have to go and why I have to pay, you know, tremendous money. Like the college is, is, is a big business, right? We're not going to go into that subject definitely. But uh, so, yeah. So what happens, what happened when you kind of, you know, you said, listen, I'm going to finish the college. So we finished that. So what happened when you finished the college? What did you do? So I got an internship, you know, that's, you know, that's the, that's what I was supposed to do. Right. So I got an internship the, the year before. so I got offered a full-time job as a financial advisor. So I was interning to become a financial advisor. So I was taking the test and that's, that's where I learned how to study. I learned how to, I took the, the series seven, the series 66, which is like the, which was the license that gives you um, the ability to sell stocks. Um, yeah. Uh, so, so I got those two licenses. I got those two licenses, and then got my insurance license. And then, right after getting all of those licenses, and I was a licensed financial advisor, I was like, I don't want to do this, and I just left. Well, what, what, why did you say that? Well, I remember. I remember there was. We were. It, it, we were in a really nice part of town. Um, the the office was located in a really nice part of town, and there was multiple businesses that were in or they were on our floor and you know you know i i like talking to people you know i knew almost everybody on the floor you know there, there are people that have been there for five years didn't know everybody on the floor i knew everybody on the floor within like the first you know six months and uh you know i'll go and i'll talk to a couple of the guys and and in some businesses and one of the guys you know he, you know who kind of he would tell me about different things that he was doing and i remember him talking to me one day he says like you know it's like you know john you can make a lot of money doing what you're doing right now, but you know, it's not going to challenge you. Like what you're doing isn't challenging. And I really thought about that. And another one of my really good friends who was very, extremely entrepreneurial from high school. Um, I remember talking to him one day and he's like, John, like, do you really want to do this? He's like, if you don't want to do it, don't do it. And that next week I quit. Wow. Or that, that same month or week, I can't remember exactly which one, but I quit very, very soon after that. Wow, that, that, that's very interesting because, again, like, because that's very interesting. I'm just trying to think, like, to, to process the thing because, again, you, you, you're doing well, like, in financial services. You, you're selling the stocks and, you, I mean, you're doing pretty much okay, right? But, like, somebody says, you listen, you, you, like, you're not challenged enough because, again, mm -hmm. that probably kind of understood. You understood, like, I can do more, right? Mm -hmm. But, like, look, there's a lot of people who are working 20, like, they're, they're, doing their job and they're being saying they're being said somebody say, saying them exactly what you've been said like yeah. you can do more but those people don't change like what's the difference what what happened in your mind hmm. i think it was always there i mean i think it was there from the very beginning uh, i mean i knew since i was maybe 11 that i wanted to be a business person i didn't really know exactly what i wanted to do but i knew from a very early age you know um, that I wanted to be in business. So I think it was something that that's always been inside of me and something that, um, it's really, I think it's really just being true to yourself. You know, um, mm -hmm. I'm not, I mean, I'm really not an, I'm not an employee. Yeah, I'm you can, you, you, you can be, but you're not choose to. 
you know, I wouldn't make a good one. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't say, make yeah, a good yeah. one. You'll be like, ah, oh, just screw you, screw you. Do that, John. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, whatever. So, yeah, because that, that, that's what happens. I think that's what happens with uh, bad employees as well. It's just that probably the inner, inner thoughts. Again, sometimes you just have bad employees. That's where they are. They, they're just lazy. But some people, you, you get those as well where, where they feel like they're stuck because they know they can do more. But it's just they, they cannot find the vehicle, the right vehicle for them. Because, you know, look, information is, is, is a key, like, to, to wealth, to whatever, because we live in an information age, you know, where, where we have so many tools available to create this wealth. Like, one of them is, you know, real estate, multifamily in particular. But people get confused sometimes because it's just too much information. I agree. I think that I think that it was even easier in my just in my opinion, and it might even be easier, have been easier, maybe a little bit before then, as far as like making money and making wealth, because there's so many distractions now. I mean, and now you have um, a lot of different companies with how they they make technologies and their apps and different things like that. That you know they work with some of the smartest people in the world to get your attention because really, the the currency right now is attention. You know, that's you know, your, 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 your attention. My attention is it's all for sale right now. That's, yeah. that's the currency. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, so what that, that's what I look. So again, that's shifting from consumer to the producer point mm-hmm. where you have to be like, okay, so attention is a new currency. So instead of consuming all the attention, you know, like giving my attention to somebody who's getting paid at the end, you know, so like, Look like, you know, Kardashians, like I, I hate, I love people when say like, oh my God, Kardashians, you know, people love him, hate him, you know, like you, you get both people on the spectrum, but like what they're doing is just phenomenal, man. It's like, oh, it's, it's, like it's like magic, man. Like they're, they're yeah. making money from, from nothing, which is basically attention. Yeah. They, so they are making, geniuses. They, and a lot, of, a lot of people, a lot of people don't realize, some people don't realize that they're, they're, they're yeah. geniuses. Yeah. They, they are definitely. And there's a lot of those people coming up now because they are, again, they're shifting like, mm-hmm. you know, to, towards that getting attention. And that's what it takes, particularly in these moments. Like, you know, if we talk about real estate, you know, and I know like you can help a lot of people, you know, become well off or really wealthy through real estate investing. How do you pierce through, you know, in the market where there's unemployment, there's Corona, there's people, you know, fighting, f- fighting for the toilet paper. I mean, there, there, there's a lot of stuff going on currently. So how do you get those people attention? So there's another problem, you know, people, people are, you know, consumers and you're actively running the business with the partners and, you know, all, all of you are doing phenomenally great by having, you know, 1,700 units, but still a problem for businesses this, you know, in this mm. age today. So, you know, talking about multifamily, like I definitely heard this, you know, this uh, name multiple times before, like I'm fascinated with multifamily and, I already know the benefits. So probably, you know, it, I can talk for hours here just about that. Again, I'm not actively or, you know, I'm not actively or passively involved in the deals yet. So I will let you talk about, you know, benefits on, on that because you are the expert in, in this case. But if you just explain, I mean, going from wholesaling to wholesaling multifamily and now being actively involved, are you, are you a GP on a deal? So what is your position, you know? On, yeah, that's correct. Uh, yes, I'm a, I'm part of the general partnership. Yeah. Okay. So like, how did you choose? Uh, first of all, how did you find in that process that elevate CIG? How did you find the company? Cause I know you mentioned you, you, you came across, you know, some of the people that the founder, you know, so w- what was the transition in that business and how did you find your place in that business? 
Yeah, so I think it's all about knowing your skill set and knowing you know really what you bring to the table, and also yeah. matching your skill set with a need. At the time, they're looking for someone who could help them expand their acquisition side, and you know what I did for maybe three years before that, you know, probably about three years before that was acquisitions, was finding deals, you know, hitting the pavement, you know, you know, building relationships. You know, really, I love networking. You know, I love talking to people. I see that. Uh, so, <laughs> and uh, yeah, you know, so I wanted to be able to, so that's one, I think those are some things that are brought to the table and that's um, one of the things, one of the things that they're looking for. And, you know, within the first 30 days, you know, we had an LOI on over 400, we had, you know, two LOIs on over 400 units, you know, within the first 30 days. So, oh, yeah. pretty well. Cause, cause they already know like John is going to do whatever it takes. John was calling, you know, uh, landlords, owners, when he was in a college and he was trying to close them. And John has the good voice. I actually don't think they know that. The funny thing is, I don't know if they know that. They know that story. Oh, but they, they might now. Now they're going to find out. Sorry about that, but it's going to be public now. So. Yeah. So that's, that's awesome. That's a good story, definitely. You know, so, you know, so again, multifamily, because there's so many options over there available and we as people, I'm, again, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a producer and a consumer because you know, the, the service that we provide, again, I have to consume some stuff to figure things out. Again, the trends, where we're going to move with things and, you know, like the, some of the consumerism has to be there. So, you know, when I look at the real estate, <clears throat> sorry, you know, I, I consume a little bit of information on a lot of different assets. Like there's, you know, uh, you can get to the wholesaling, you can own the Airbnb, you know, just rent apartments, you know, you can buy, uh, you know, hotels, e even though there's a lot of people selling those right now, but, you know, multifamily fix and flip, you know, so why, like why people should follow multifamily? Cause again, I know the benefits, but why, why does it make better investment class instead of the rest of the investment, you know, class out there? Yeah. So there's a really good invest. There's a really good investments out there. Uh, multifamily in particular is probably one of the safest assets, if not the safest in the real estate. Um, in, in multifamily, there are banks, there are some banks at some times that are willing to give you 70 to, you know, maybe 60 to 70, really, or even up to 75% right now currently uh, in debt for, for an asset and it be non-recourse. That means if something were to happen and you weren't able to pay the loan, it actually won't come and hurt your, uh, it won't hurt your credit personally. Mm -hmm. So that's something that, that you'll, you'll find in multifamily and also in multifamily, everyone, everyone needs somewhere to live. You know, when, you know, in this, in this current situation, this current crisis, when it's going, when it's going to come down to paying your car payment or paying your rent payment, you're going to pay your rent payment. You unless know? you want to live in a car. Exactly. Unless you want to yeah. live in a car. You know, and um, and looking at the recession, most uh, of the notes in multifamily didn't default. I think it was only maybe what one percent default in two thousand eight during the height of the recession. So I mean, it's a very, very, um, it's a it's a very, very good asset. And typically during recessions and during play times like this, um, we people really get to see just how good of an asset multifamily is. You know, we're actually seeing. Uh, rush of more investors, you know, into different properties and into different assets, especially the C to B assets. So, mm -hmm. I mean, that, you know, that's one of the reasons why. Yeah. 
Yeah. So multi again, because like what what particular properties? Because again, you you're you're uh, working on the acquisitions uh, point, so you kind of see the deals and and you know exactly what the deals are looking for. So what is your investment criteria? Like you mentioned, the C to B. So you're looking for value add properties mainly, right? Correct. And those, what type of markets are you are you looking to invest? So we look at primary and secondary markets, and sometimes tertiary markets, really depending on the population. Mm-hmm. So we aim for over 100,000 uh, in the population. And we also look for job growth in the area as well. You know, really key, key market indicators that are going to let us know that we're going to expect a rental increase um, in, that, in that area. Mm-hmm. Any particular markets that you invest in? I mean, the, the states? Yeah. So we invest in the eastern part of the Sun Belt. Um, you know, just right, just basically, you know, here's the map of the United States and right along the eastern part of the Sun Belt, you know, we pick up deals all over. Oh, know, okay. We'll look at Florida, Atlanta, um, you know, all, all down there, Texas, or, you know, Oklahoma, all about. Yeah, yeah. Because there's a lot of like the, the people talking about the baby boomers moving south and, you know, like they, they're going to become renters. And I mean, United States in general, it's, it's becoming a renter's nation, right? 100%, 100%. Yeah, because like I'm looking like we're renting. Like the uh, the flag is only mine. Like the TV is not mine. <laughs> you know, because like, some other stuff in there that's yours too. You know. <laughs> yeah, 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 just a few more things. But like, look, we're we're not looking to own stuff because we want that. People want the flexibility now. Because people again, people start to understand like the materialistic things are kind of mm-hmm. important still. Like people want to live the good life. They see stuff like on Instagram, like the, the jets and the Rolls Royces, the Lambos, all that fancy stuff, you know, and maybe it's not, maybe it doesn't catch somebody's attention, you know, but so people still want that, but people want the freedom. Yeah. Because, and uh, yeah, and we're actually seeing a decline in ownership and in, 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 um, almost in every, every single industry. I mean, there's, yeah. there's fashion industries. There's, um, I believe there's a company called Rent the Runway. I think they had over a hundred million dollar valuation or they raised over a hundred million dollars. I can't remember the exact details of that, mm-hmm. but it's literally, you can go and you can rent designer clothes and, you know, maybe for a couple of hours to a couple of days and yeah. you take a picture with the clothes and then you return them, you know, so you get to rent designer clothes. So, so, I mean, it's, and it's a, it's a trend. They say that, they say the millennials and the next generation before that, like they don't want to own anything. Yeah. Um, and you're starting to see even people not want to own cars. They're just Ubering everywhere. I mean, but when you look into parking and insurance and then like the car payments, and then if you lump it together, sometimes it's cheaper to Uber everywhere than it actually is to own a car. So you're seeing lack of ownership from a lot of, a lot of different, uh, a lot of different industries. Wow, that that is pretty insane. I never heard about renting clothes. I don't know if I, I don't know if I want to do that, you know, because <laughs> I don't know who who put those clothes on before me, you know. So, you know, but I definitely I see the trend and I see where where people are going with that, and it it makes a lot of sense at the same time. So you know, it, it's good. But one of the things that will never like they always be renting is an apartment as well. Hundred you know? percent. So one of the one of those things, and you just you know like position in the right way again you're investing in one of the top markets that are there like houston like i've never been to houston like texas but i know texas is a phenomenal market 
again, it, you know, there's a lot of building going on and stuff sometimes do like, I'm not, I'm not familiar with it, with, with the states that much, but it like, from the sound, what you said, it sounds like those are phenomenal markets. So oh, you can guys go and check it out the website for more info on those. But, you know, so talking about if I'm looking to invest in those type of deals, because I think, and again, it's not going to be because a lot of people maybe get confused while, while they watch this and they think like, oh my God, I'm doing John a favor or I'm doing myself some sort of a favor. Like it looks like I'm paid to say that. No, it's just the truth. Like, look, I'm not actively or passively invested in the deals yet. Because we're positioning, you know, in our business to expand our business right now so we can invest a little bit later. So, mm -hmm. but we, we're going to do that regardless because it's one of the things like, look, if, again, coming back to the rich dad, poor dad, remember what Kiyosaki said? He said the tax rules are written for the wealthy. The rich. For the, the rich. So how do you, how, so, you know, like, how do you become rich? Like if you work, you know, from nine to five. Well, I mean, yeah. the, the, I the mean, rules... Yeah, I think it was even Warren Buffett. I can't remember if it was Warren Buffett or John D. Rockefeller, but they said that if you spend all, if you spend all of your time working, um, that you will never be rich. Something like that. I can't remember the exact quote. Yeah. They said something along the lines of. Yeah, it, you know, it depends where you're working. Working, yeah. you'll never be rich. Well, <laughs> unless unless. Unless you are the guy in, in John's company who's the you know CEO in the company, unless you're that guy, you're gonna become rich. Well, well, I think I think what he was referring to is I think what he, I he was referring to. Oh yeah, you got it. Yeah, oh, you got it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, that, that, that's fine. So you know, it, it makes sense. Like you need to start looking for some particularly now, and that's mm -hmm. why it's gonna sound like a pitch. But at the same time, it's not a pitch because it makes a lot of sense what I'm about to say. Because look, 22 million people unemployed, uh, you know, last time that I checked in the States, probably even mm -hmm. more by now. So it's, it's like, it's rough. So, you know, look at the rest of the world. I mean, it, it should, it's probably in its insane numbers. Oh yeah. You know, in the States where it's like, it's a capitalistic country, people are talking about the money. It's not a taboo. People are talking about the money and they got struck by this lightning, you know, like Corona and people saw like how financially, you know, weak some of the people are. 100%. Because look, because you didn't plan your moves ahead. And that's what it takes. And that's where I want to have, you know, people just like John on who having this, you know, experience, you know, uh, every, everything in place, you know, for you to follow and kind of see what these people are doing, because you need to do similar things as well. Because you need to plan ahead from now ahead, where you're going to be, you know, financially. Because I know if you're in a position who you're watching right now and you're looking just for a job, again, that's, that's the, the, the first step that you have to take. You know, if you have some money put away, you know, you can make maybe moves, you know, with that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, even if you're looking for a job, you should be looking for a job, like, and look to either become really good at your job so you get overpaid or start a business just like John did. You know, he was like, I'm, it's, I'm not in the right place, you know, to be an employee, whatever. But you need to start investing in real estate because that's where the wealthy invest that's where the tax advantages are that's where can you talk about just about because i know you you need to talk with the attorney probably more about taxes <laughs> but uh can you just name a few things like why is it good for the taxes and how how people become wealthy through taxes and real estate well like you said uh i'm not an attorney and i'm not a cpa so um uh, this isn't uh this isn't tax advice or uh legal advice so please consult your attorney or cpa for <laughs> tax and legal advice yeah, we we're gonna uh, put a we gotta put a big sign. Well, we say that just. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, in real estate, it offers a lot of different tax benefits, especially now with um, the laws that were passed by President Trump a couple of years back. Uh, we have the benefit of accelerated depreciation where we can depreciate sometimes up to 100% of the um, 100% of the purchase price for um, um, and pass them on to depreciation to our investors. So can, can you explain a little bit, kind of, you know, for the people who are watching, what does it mean depreciate and how, how people get paid through the depreciation as well? Mm -hmm. So with an asset, um, so when you buy an asset, it, there's, a, there's a lifespan of the asset. So there's a lifespan of the building. So you're taking what's called a loss every single year because of the, the, of the depreciation or the breakdown of that asset. And you can do what's called an accelerated depreciation and it, it, it accelerates that benefit that that would that's that you can accelerate accelerate the losses that are taken from that uh, individual property, and you know have most of the losses been have apply most of the losses maybe in like in year one or you know something like that. Mm. Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so talking about talking about the real estate market and like you know about the corona and the entire thing, it's a big subject. Like though, like. Like, I don't know, guys, if you follow the news and if you watch the news, you know, I do recommend to just switch it off and just, you know, continue with the good things that you're doing. You know, and that's what we do the show for you to go and get this insights of what's actually going on in the market. And people just like John are just continue doing their business and expanding those businesses. And they can help a lot of people along the way to, to you know, to be in a better position. But like being an insider, you know, in this business, where do you see the markets going on with the, the entire Corona thing? And, you know, like, cause I know you, you probably had, you know, uh, collectively as a company, you had some goals for this year. And how did you like, did you change any of these goals for this year? Or did you position yourself differently? And if you position differently, like what did you do for the business, you know, uh, for, for this year, what type of goals? So our goal this year is to acquire, is to acquire 5,000 doors, uh, this year. Um, and yeah. well, I think exactly. that it would actually be easier now with this, uh, with this virus, I think come Q3, Q4, there's gonna be a lot more deals out there now. And there's gonna, there's gonna be a lot more wiggle room to negotiate for even the, the properties that we have currently and the deals that we're pursuing currently. So I think that it'll actually be easier to, to get those properties. I th but I do think that, you know, it's all about your relationships as well. You know, your relationships with different banks and, you know, yeah. this is really when those relationships are going to be put to the test. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And you have a track record for that. So I'm sure, I'm sure you're going to do well, you know, yeah, there, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of, you know, owners actually are holding on, you know, uh, currently, you know, instead of selling the properties because they, they don't, they know they cannot get a top dollar because again, mm -hmm. you know, the vacancies are maybe, you know, the occupancy is low and, and such, but they, they're going to hold on to those probably for a while until they're going to start selling. Cause again, th there's going to be a lot of mismanaged properties. Oh, 100%. Because not everybody going and talking with the tenants and saying, hey, listen, let's solve these problems. And, you know, because it's probably cheaper to talk, to have a conversation with a tenant and say, listen, if you're going to like, if you do just forbearance on, on, on rents, you know, just say, listen, like we, we just split it, whatever, split it, the payments, you know, and just you're going to like, you still have to pay the payments at some point, you know, that, that exactly. you do. 
But at least to figure some things out instead of just kicking the tenant out, which first of all, it doesn't look great on your company. You're gonna probably get some you know, nasty reviews on apartments.com after that happens. And you know, second is gonna be you know, turnover costs. Like you have to fix the unit and you probably have to buy the appliances because either the person just freaking took them off and just banged them you know, on the streets just to show that you're an asshole. Or yeah. you know, or, or just something like that, and it's going to cost so much. So, but that's happening. That's that's the that's the world that we in, right? And not a lot of people like managing properties in a good way. And you know, probably that's what do you think is is that the smaller uh, properties or, or or the bigger properties could could have these type of issues as well. Those type of issues. So I'm not really on the uh, I'm I'm not really on the management side. Yeah. Um, but as far as can you kind of repeat the question again as far as like yeah the, is, it, is it you know do you think like the these type of issues can occur uh onto the big properties or small properties most of the time because again small properties probably the landlord just manages and runs the entire property or those those things happen you know like the big problems or or is it you know the best way to avoid problems is just going to big deals well um well, at the end of the day, it's all, it's all people, it's all, it's a people business. So it. it really depends on the kind of management that you have in play. You know, I'd say whether or not you have 50 units or 200 units, if you have bad management, you have bad management and you're going to mm. see the tenants react to that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It makes sense. It's a kind of stupid question, right? But you know, I just want to for people to understand like, look, these things do happen because now we're, and the reason I'm talking about that, because and I mentioned, you know, the landlords who managing the properties, because there's a lot of people just like you probably having similar goals, maybe not 5,000 units for this year, but maybe 50. And they're mm -hmm. thinking, Oh, now it's the time I have some cash reserves on the sign. Now I'm going to make my move. Now I'm going to go and buy, you know, myself multifamily property. I'm going to manage myself. I'm going to run it myself. I'm going to keep the cost low and that's going to be my thing. That's what's going to happen. You know, the, these type of problems will arise. So, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like it's always makes more sense to go and it deals bigger, passive. Yeah. Just for me, you know, for my, for my point of view, because again, at the same time, people saying, Oh no, why you should go passive. You're not going to learn like, can you learn a lot about the business being a passive investor? Yes. And, and, and it really, and it really depends on the passive investor themselves as well. Mm. Um, you know, when you go in on the passive side, you know, you call your GP, you can ask them different questions. And what I would do, I would actually sit down with the, the sponsor, the person that you plan on you know, investing into with and, and letting them know what your plans are, letting them know that, you know, your, your, what your intentions are. Um, I think that's very, very important too. That making sure you hit your partner with a sponsor that they're going to align with their same interests. You know, it's extremely important. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's and that's why I'm having these type of conversations before the interview. I said, "Listen, John, there will be no questions. I have no written questions, and it's going to be everything on the spot because I just want to have this conversation. I want to ask good questions. I want to ask stupid questions, just like the previous one that I asked." Like that was, that, again, that, was, that was a great no. That's a great question. That's a great look, question. Look, but I just want to have an honest conversation because that's the type of questions that I think you know most of the people. Maybe they will ask a little bit different questions, but that's the type of questions I want to ask. And you know, I think some people they want to know those answers as well, because when people invest in the deals, and that's exactly what you said, people invest in people first. They don't invest in real estate, right? So you need to get comfortable with the people that you're investing first. 
And you know, like people, people can make their own decisions just based on an interview today. Oh my God, I, I like John. I like his approach. I like that he hates college. I like I hate college too. You can maybe you can relate on that level, or maybe he just, you just like his voice. Whatever, <laughs> you know. Just 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 go and invest in real estate and in in some way, you know, because that's going to be the thing. Because yeah. now people are thinking about, oh my God, I should thought about you know additional source of income. But now it's too late because now we, we're in this problem, which who knows how long is this going to last? And I, and I really, I really like what you just said, you know, just taking action, taking action is very, very important. And one of the things that you realize when, you know, when you're starting your own business or when you're going into business and doing different things is that taking action is really the first step, you know, um, that you can actually pivot, you know, as you're taking the action. So, you know, if you're, if you're, if you notice that you're going in the wrong direction, you could, if you notice that you're running in the wrong direction, you could always turn, you could always turn and towards your goal. You know, um, I yeah. think that just taking you know, the action is just typically the hardest step. So I think that step, you know, just do it, you know, even if it's just, if it, you know, just, just jump, just jump, just jump. Even if you are, you know, kind of wondering like, Oh, am I going the right direction? You know, most of the time when you jump, you have that high, maybe a, maybe a heightened sense of awareness to, you know, turn yeah. and say, hey, I need to go in this direction. Exactly, exactly. But look, like you, you can either jump, which is kind of, could be non, non-calculated thing. Yeah. Like you, you didn't calculate it. You don't know what you're doing. You just, oh, I, I need to, I don't know what's in the bottom. Like I'm hitting the water. I don't know if there's rocks, there's, there's like, is this glass or like, what's going on? Maybe you should calculate it a little bit. Like oh, 100%. You, def- you definitely should jump into things because people, you know, people operate in two ways. I mentioned that yesterday and maybe, you know, some people heard that, but I said like people operate in two ways. They either get pulled by the big goals, you know, they get so excited. They want to move, you know, forward to something or they just sit around and wait until the big problems will start moving them, you know, forward. And yeah. people just chose to sit around until, you know, they get like problems become so big some of those become just paralyzed. They like, I don't want to move. I just want to, I just want to go away, you know? So yeah, I mean, that's, a, that's, a, that's a scary position to be in. It's a you scary know? position. So that, that's, that's what we're having this, but you know. I, think, I also think that it's possible to use that, to almost to use that to your advantage. You know, yeah. you could use regret to your advantage. You can say something like, that's what Jeff Bezos does. Jeff, Jeff Bezos, he uses regret to his advantage. He asks himself, if I was 80 years old right now on like my deathbed, what do I wish I would have done? That's how he makes his decisions. Mm. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's how he makes his decisions. Yeah. And that's when he made his decision to go for Amazon, that's, that's what he asked himself. Yeah, and he's a Wall Street guy, so he, but, but he makes a lot of calculated oh, yeah. decisions. Oh, yeah. Worked for a hedge fund. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 He's a, he's a cool dude. You know, he's oh, yeah. all buffed out now. He's, he's very cool. He, he, he's yeah, not I'm working on that myself. Yeah. yeah he, he, he wasn't, he wasn't that cool before and there's evidence on the internet, you know, but he, he's, <laughs> been, he's phenomenal. I mean, th- those type of people may make the world, you know, turn and just, you know, there's of course people saying, Oh my God, he's getting involved with the politics. There's another sides. And like, you know, it's, 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 it's the, such a big company. Like everybody will probably exchange places to be, to be where this man is right now. Because you can, like, when you have this type of wealth, you can take care of not even just yourself, but the people around you. Yeah. So if you, if, you, if you don't have the Jeff Bezos genes or, or you know, the, whatever the thing, the it that uh, Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk or, you know, Jobs had, you know, you should pursue something that is proven by the time, which is real estate investing. So 
that that's my note for today and i hope you know that's a good closing for you guys so you kind of you know understand what it takes to become you know wealthy rich whatever you want to call it just you know get that income coming in every month because you know like things like that will happen in the future you know talk about the hyperinflation coming in in the future as well you know due to mm -hmm. all this printing i mean you you need to protect somehow not just yourself but you know your family your close your ones family. you know you, you need to have this abundance but you know you need the right vehicle and uh, i'm sure john has one of those vehicles so make sure that you go and check it out john's links down below i'm going to include all the social media as as much as we can find and john as as much as he can provide so we're going to include those for you guys so make sure that you follow up with john go to the elevatecgi.com to check it out what these guys are doing uh when it comes to real estate you know properties where they're investing and so forth john i really appreciate the time and, and I'm, I'm, i hope we had some good time and, and covered some great topics what do you think Oh, that was great. That was great. Uh, you know, if you guys have any questions, you know, I'd be happy to answer them. I'm an open book. Uh, you can reach me on Facebook at John Akocha. That's J-O-H-N-O-K-O-C-H-A.com. Or you can email me at uh, John at ElevateCIG.com. So that's uh, J-O-H-N at E-L-E-V-A-T-E-C-I-G.com. Here you go, here you go. That's that's what the college does for you guys, you know. You can spell stuff out, man. So it's insane. Love it, love it, man. So, you know, I, I really appreciate the time. I appreciate the effort. You know, guys, if you enjoyed the show, you already know what to do. Click the lab, subscribe to the channel, go and check it out, John's stuff as well. Make sure that you reach out to him, ask a bunch of questions. And as always, I'm gonna see you on the next episode. Thanks. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me.